0: All right,
1: good morning Crosspoint. Good to see everybody this morning. Hey, I want you to do me a favor this morning. We're gonna try and kind of break the mold here a little bit. So if you're on this half of the building, I want you to just kind of turn slightly and face this half. If you're in the middle, you're kind of split. I don't know what to tell you. On this side, if you would just turn a little bit and face this direction, then I want you to take the hand of your choosing and just give a little wave to the other side. All right, there we go, good morning. All right. We miss being able to shake hands, but we uh, the love of Christ is still strong in our hearts. Now, if you can indulge me one more time, I'd like, without breaking your back, do your best and turn and face the camera in the back corner back there. And we want to give a wave to those who can't be here, members of our church, that for whatever reason, for health concerns, we want them to know that they are loved and they are missed. And uh, there is strength in the gathering, as Pastor Scott has told us. And uh, when members of our church aren't able to be with us present, it it does impact our church. So we dearly miss you if you're watching and you're not able to be here with us. We dearly miss you. Um, You're more than just an empty seat that we see. um, But we truly miss having you here and being able to have those interactions. And you're not forgotten by us. This morning as we get ready to worship our Lord, I am excited. I'm excited because I've been praying for this moment. Uh, Since Tuesday, God has put on my heart really the purpose of intentionality in our worship this week Um, I've prayed for each of you if you're here if you're watching I've prayed for you. I've thought about the faces and the seats even with and without their masks I've thought about you. I've prayed for you I've prayed that our hearts would be ready to worship God this morning that there would be a hunger and a thirst in our lives for our, our creator and that the words that we sing this morning wouldn't just be because it's what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it, but that it would generally, they would resonate with something God has done in our lives and it would be an outpouring of our souls to our Father in heaven who has given his son for us. So I've been excited about this morning. This morning as we get ready to worship our Lord in song, I want to invite you that we're not having a physical invitation where you come forward, I want to invite you right where you're sitting to be intentional this morning. We're here, we're here to gather it on purpose, um, I'm so thankful to see so many faces in this room. Um, my prayer is that our worship would be just intentional, intentional as our arrival in the building this morning. So let's praise our Lord this morning, the lion and the lamb. One, two, three, four.
0: the clouds kings and kingdoms will bow down and every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise who can stop the lord almighty our god is a lion the lion of judah roaring in power and fighting our battles and every knee will bow before him our God is the lamb the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world his blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb every knee before him so open up the gates make way before the king of kings the God who comes to save is here Set the captives free, for who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is a lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring in power and fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him. Our God is a lamb. That was slain for the sins of the world his blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb and every knee will bow before The Lord Almighty Who can stop the Lord Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord almighty? Who can stop the God Is a lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring in power and fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him. Our God is a lamb, the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chain. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow
2: before him.
0: Are you hurting, and broken within? forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ leave behind your regrets and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is
1: lord we lift these words to you this morning as your people gathered in this building watching together from wherever we may be lord we are your children we lift these words to you who alone are worthy of our praise lord we pray that you would take it that it would be acceptable in your sight god that our hearts would be magnifying you even this moment god that our hearts would be hungering for your word that's to follow give pastor scott the words to speak in christ's name we ask amen
2: We're going to talk about something that has been avoided in churches for a long, long time. We'll get to that in a moment. And there is an excitement that comes with that and a little bit of levity as well. But are you glad to be here this morning? I'm not convinced. So I'm going to have to open the Bible this morning and get you focused on the hope, the hope, the encouragement, the truth that will make you glad to be here this morning. Let's get our minds fixed on him and perhaps off of self this morning. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 Thessalonians, as we read a portion of Scripture that is full of hope. It amazes me in our world today, the people that um, ignore God, ignore the things of the Bible, ignore truth, even though it can be right in, in front of us as it relates to His Word. But I want to tell you this morning and speak to your heart this morning on this, that evil, the devil, is not a figment of your imagination. He's not a straw man that was made up so that we can have this thing called the Bible and called Jesus Christ so that he can have an enemy. This is real life that we're talking about this morning. Hey, Charles, you're sitting way too far in the back. You're supposed to be right here. That's where my amens come from right here. So I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. The thing that's been avoided for centuries, maybe centuries, I don't know if it's centuries, the thing that's been avoided in churches for a long time is something called the front row. So this week as I was setting this up, after grief share, I was resetting the chairs. I had two extra chairs, and I put them right, right there to see who would sit there and who does it but our shining student, Andrew Writings. So close I had to scoot the pulpit back. But listen, this morning, let's, let's get our minds fixed on something. I'm going to get excited, be, not because I've had two cups of coffee. I'm going to get excited today because of the Word of God, because of the hope. We can see it. In fact, if you're a believer, you can touch it because he's in you. And now that is something to get our minds fixed upon this morning. And then we're, after that, we're going to talk about how to live in this world, all right? So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this is one of the three major scriptures that relate to the rapture. I've, I mean, I've, I've touched it a little bit when we were out doing the parking lot ministry. Um, I, I've talked with Pastor Roger even just yesterday. It's so many of these things in the Bible that I want, I want to share and teach about. Uh, Antichrist is a big one I want to do, but it needs to be set up with understanding Revelation, the books of the Bible. So... Uh, Again, this is one of those that is an end time. It's a next thing to happen in the prophetic calendar. How many of you believe that the Bible, I didn't get to it yet, Dennis, (laughs) but he believes the Bible, (laughs) that the Bible, when when it gives us a prophetic glance, it gives us a look that we can firmly believe it. How many of you believe that? You truly believe it because what happens is we'll see how God has worked in the past and prophetic things. We see it come to fruition. And we go, oh, yeah, that's good. That was great. But we, we, we tend to be nervous, see, because looking backward doesn't require any faith. Somebody ought to write that down. That was a good one. When you look backward, it doesn't require any faith. But when you're living today and you're living for tomorrow and you're living for the future, it's going to require faith. Hello. So let's get grounded in what we know to be true. What is it that we know to be true? That in the Old Testament, he's given prophecy that we have seen to come to fruition. We're seeing more prophecy that is, or, or, or is in the word of God in Daniel and in many of the portions of Scripture Revelation that is still yet to be fulfilled. And the next on that line, the next in that timeline is what we know as the rapture. So this is one of the three major scriptures I want you to read, uh, follow along with me as I read this portion of scripture and see if you can grab a hold of the hope here. If you'll allow me for a moment, right before we read First Thessalonians 4. Every week's different. As it relates to our our pandemic our country all the world all, everything's every everything different and the theme for this week kind of has been this w- when does this the, what's the future look like as it relates to covid as it relates to mask as it relates to we, we don't know what the future looks like and the only one thing i keep hearing people say is we'll know after the election we'll know after the election and uh, i don't disagree with that but the, the point I want to make is, even when you look in your world with your earthly eyes, you're not going to see a lot of hope. That's why we're so grateful that God has given us his word. Listen, as I re- there's something here that in our day-to-day life, we're looking and we're trying to find something to, to give us hope for the future. But yet, listen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, as it relates to... The rapture i'm not going to take time set up the rapture we've already kind of talked about that over the summer but this is the next event so watch what happens verse 13 but i do not want you to be ignorant paul writes "Brotherin." he's now when he says brother and he's speaking to the believers today he's speaking to the believers then i do not want you to be didn't say stupid he said ignorant i don't want you to miss the knowledge that you need is all that means Ignorant, don't take ignorant as a bad word. It just means lacking the knowledge. So here's the knowledge. I'm going to give you the knowledge. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest your sorrow as, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. There it is. Do you have hope today? When people died in First Thessalonians to this in Thessalonica, if believers and non believers, they, they didn't have the information. They're still going around like these people have died, and the non believers are going, Well, that's that. I don't know what to do. I imagine, Peggy, their grief share ministry would be busting at the seams because they had no hope. Our grief share ministry is nothing but hope. It's nothing but hope. If you'll attend and engage and do the work and watch and learn and let, let the Holy Spirit work in your life, it's full of hope of those who have. Fallen asleep, that means those that have left these earthen vessels, left, uh, passed from this life to the next, you have hope. Verse 14, he's writing to a group of believers that they, they thought, here's what they really thought, that the rapture had happened and they missed it. Oh, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? Verse 14, for if we believe that Christ, and by the way, that word if means since, since we believe that Christ died and rose again even so will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus for we for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who are who are asleep verse 16 for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and the trump of and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will remain, shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Say always. always. Always with the Lord. People will let you down. People will bail on you. But you always have that relationship as a genuine believer. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Take comfort. It's no shame to to, to be thinking about the future, to be thinking about what we have as believers, the work that that Christ done on the cross is for the believer. Now, watch. So don't take this rapture and say, hey, think about the rapture. All this old junk will be gone, all this sin, all boo-hoo for us. We can just focus on here. Don't be careful not to go too far with that because then you become so heavenly-minded that you're not living on earth. You're no earthly good. And that's what I want to share with you today. Living in light of his coming. The tension that we live in our daily life between looking forward to tomorrow and the realities of living life today. Is that the real world? That's the world we live in, right? We we, we plan for tomorrow. We think about tomorrow. We hear the hope of tomorrow, but we have to live today. I think that's fitting for where we are right now as a people group. How are we looking forward? What does all these uncertain things look like in our life? Oh, we'll just ignore them and think about the death, the burial, the resurrection. We'll just get lost in church. We'll get lost in heaven. We'll get lost in God and these things will all, Calgon, take me away. Ooh, I just dated myself right there, didn't I? That's not at all what the Bible wants us to do. The Bible wants us to live. And live today. I'm certain the more I read the New Testament, it's it's lived with a little bit of a zeal, a little bit of conviction, a little bit of passion. Focused on him. But you have to be careful not to be so heavenly minded, to know, earthly good. So preparing for Christ's return is something that each of us must do ourselves. It's vitally important you've chosen a good thing today to be here. You have chosen the good thing. Those that are joining by Facebook Live, you've chosen the good thing to be here. There's strength in the gathering. We come together to do the one anothering. Tonight at Awana, we had Awana kicked off last week. How many kids, Brad? Over 40. Over 40. They wouldn't sit still. We couldn't count them enough, right? But they, over 40, they, that's a good thing. You've chosen a good thing. But be remembered be, re- be reminded of this, that it's up to you and I to get ready for Christ's return, for your personal walk, to live in this life. No one else can get your heart ready to meet God. No one else can get your heart ready to meet Jesus Christ. You may think, well, what's the difference? God, Jesus Christ. Here's the difference. You're going to meet God as a non-believer, at at a judgment. That's the heaven or hell judgment. But as a believer, you're going to meet Jesus Christ prior to that, right after the rapture, about the words and the works and the motives of how we lived our life. I would encourage you to meet Jesus before you meet God. Now you think, oh, you're confusing me. You're partialing out words. It's all in the book. If you're ready to understand what I just said right there, you will meet God at the great white throne judgment. That's the heaven and hell. That is that is what have it's not about your sins as much as it is Jesus Christ. The belief in the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the repentance, and then you have that new life, not guilty, is where that's stamped. But you get to meet Jesus Christ as a believer who has helped you live this life all the way along at the bema seat of Christ, where you're before him and there's things going on in earth in the prophetic calendar, but in the heavenly realm as we are raptured out, we are caught, the believer is caught away, we get to stand before him and get rewards for the things that we've done right, good, also with the right motive. You may be in line and seeing someone that you think is going to have all these rewards, but their motive was all wrong. They were dirty. So there is a hope and excitement there, but you have to get your heart ready. You do. And by the way, Cross Point Baptist Church, it's a great place to get help, to get your heart ready. I don't know if you know this, but we're a bunch of messed up people. Cross Point Baptist Church, I'm talking about. We are. We are a bunch of messed up people that, that need the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Who straightens out our heart. Who, who we, we find our identity. We find our identity in him. And we start living and walking by faith in him. He gives the ability and the power to accomplish what he's, what he's steering for us in his commands of the Bible. How do you lose? We don't. But I do want to share this this morning. How do we get ourselves ready? You know, Jesus urges us to keep watching and praying, Matthew 24, 42. Be ready, Matthew 24, 44. Keep serving, Matthew 24, 46. And he left some specific instructions about how what we ought to be doing prior to the rapture. And here they are. There's seven of them, and I'm gonna go through them rather briefly. But the whole, if you, could, if you need to title this, if you're a note taker, title this. Today it's about living in the light of his coming. Living in the light of his coming. So, that portion of scripture that I just read in, in, in 1 Thessalonians 4 through 13, 13 through 18, when you read that, read it with excitement. Read it with the expectation as a believer. Let the Holy Spirit take that and encourage your heart and then encourage somebody else with it. The the world will hear this message of the rapture and think you are crazy. Now, they'll believe in Sasquatch, but they think this is crazy. How do we live our life? Living in light of His coming. What specific instructions about how we ought to live? Number one, is be witnesses for him everywhere you go. Witnesses for him everywhere you go. Now, we're going to go scripture for every one of these, but I want to be careful here because I do not want to fall into the trap of thinking that when we be a witness everywhere we go, that we fall into a template. It has to be done this way. I'm certain that what he's telling us here, and we look in Acts 1.8, turn there with me, Pastor Rick actually shared this scripture in Bible Quest this morning in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Be witnesses for him everywhere you go. Now, I want to be careful because a lot of times we'll go, well, that's the pastor's job. That's the visitation team's job, and you have to do it this way. No, not at all. We're to let our light so shine before men ever where we go. Use words if you must. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is speaking here. Uh, Instructions before leaving earth. Uh, He says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, speaking to his apostles, disciples there, and you shall be witnesses to me. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Now, what he didn't say there was that you have to carry tracks with you all the time and do it this way. This is more of a uh, everywhere all the time. This is not a program. It's not a specific. It's not, it's not being like a, a target of, of going out and sharing Jesus Christ. The next one will be. But this one's more living your life. How many of you agree with me that more things are caught than taught? You agree with me on that? Someone can teach, 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 but when you just hang out with them, and watch him do it, you go, that's how that works. That's it. Now I get it. We have to learn sometimes just by doing. Witnesses for him, people will watch us. You know what? Here, here, this is an amazing one for me right here. This will shock you. You know people notice if you cuss or not? Did you know that? It, the, the language is so loose in our culture that when I hang around people, they'll, they'll realize that. Wait a minute. You don't cuss. They don't don't hear these words flying out of my mouth. Now, they haven't seen me hit my thumb with a hammer. Or better yet, put on guitar strings with Jim Rink, if you're watching at home. But what happens is people notice these things. More things are caught than taught. You shall receive power not when you have the program in line, not when you have the, 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 the three points, of poem, and a prayer, not when you know how to share Jesus Christ with somebody, but when, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost hadn't happened yet, but for us as believers, we have the Holy Spirit indwelt within us. He's, he's embedded. He's embedded. He's going to correct you when you're wrong, encourage you when you're right, give you power, give you discernment, Transform your life. That's his role. That's what, he's, that's what he's up to. That's when you'll be a witness to him everywhere you go. And you shall be witnesses to me. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth. Now, we've taken that circle and just made it go like this. We obviously don't live in Jerusalem, uh, Samaria, Judea, Samaria, and of the most part. Where do we live? Well, we live in Eastgate. We live in Eastgate. That is our Jerusalem. That's our Jer- Eastgate. Judea was a bigger area. How about let's go Claremont County? And a few of those did, handful live in Hamilton County. We got a couple of them in here, stragglers. A couple from Brown County. But just the surrounding area. Karen, you're in Adams County. You're the uttermost part of the earth. <laughs> that don't, that's that's not, I'm not to you yet. You're at the edge of the earth, right where it flattens out. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other, uh, and, and to the ends of the earth. We're, listen, we're to be witnesses for him, him everywhere we go. Use words if you must. Let it be seen in your conduct. This is just Pastor Scott shooting it straight with you. Let it be seen in our conduct first before our preaching. Right? Let it be seen. Let it be seen in the conduct before the preaching. But use words. All right, number two, what does he tell us to do? He left specific instruction about what we ought to be doing while we wait his coming. Number two, go ye into the world and preach the gospel. Go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Now, this one is a little bit more specific. The other one's just kind of living your life and let things be caught. But now this one is specific. It's knowing when to talk. It's knowing when to pray for It's praying for situations, praying for people, and having that moment. Having that moment. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I knew a church that did, they called it a TEC campaign. To every creature is what they called it. TEC. Mark um, 16, 15 reads, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature, and that creature, by the way, doesn't mean animals; it means human beings. Right. Don't go home and preach to your cat. This command emphasizes the evangelistic, the missionary nature of the ministry of the church during this present area, era. It's vitally important. I love the passion of our Awana program because it's primarily to boys and girls. Boys and girls. How many of you know that boys and girls need Jesus Christ in their life just as much as adults? We forget that. They're just kids. They're they're little lost heathens running around. (laughs) Easy, Brian. We need to preach and and share and be specific. And, you know, it's interesting because we'll be specific. I'm talking to the believer now, the Christian now. We'll be specific with our children and our grandchildren. But other kids, it's like, yeah. they'll come to it on their own. Our WANA program is set up and designed, and the heart behind it, because it's more than a program. As Commander Brad, Pastor Rick, they, they get all our workers. We have an agenda there. It's to love. It's absolutely love. It's, it's what we shared last week. It's truth and grace. Absolutely. Amen. Number three, what are we to do? Or Howard, he left specific instruction about What we are to be doing while we await his coming. Number three is repentance and remission of of sins should be preached among the nations. Now I'm going to park on a point here. And this is in Luke 24. Turn with me to Luke 24. Next book ahead. You may think, well, I'm not the preacher. Why are you telling me to do all these things? I'm telling you because Jesus Christ is telling, giving us instructions on how to live our life. By the way, sometimes you get so stuck on your own problems that you forget the commands of Scripture that we are to be doing. It's amazing what I found. The more I just do what he says to do, some of the things that I was hung up on kind of melt away. I'm waiting for them to go away first, and then I'll start doing. Just do. Get up off the couch and do Luke twenty four forty seven. this is Jesus words again and that repentance and remission of, of sin should be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem top three on the list is sharing his name with others why is that such a big deal why has he commanded that you know, in a real life application because somebody shared it with you. How about that for an answer? Not just because he says to do it and God, I don't understand and I get nervous and all. Somebody was probably nervous when they shared it with you. Maybe second guessing or maybe they were as bold as can be. Bold as John the Baptist. I don't know why that Jesus Christ has left us with the ingenuity of our own minds and also with the task of sharing his name. It can be weighty. You feel like their salvation is in my hands only if we don't share. The first three, witness for him everywhere you go, Go into the world, preach the gospel. So, first one's general, second one's specific. Third, repentance and mission, remission of sin should be preached among the nations. Do you think we have missionaries for that. I want to share this with you that at Cross Point Baptist Church for the last eight, several months, our finances have been really well. Really well. We're doing good. In fact, we have every bill paid, and our mortgage is in the bank waiting for the end of the month this month. That that has never happened in the history of my history of this church. But we also have another record that's been broke. Our missions account, which is separate, you give that separately, is down to zero. There's nothing in there. And we pay our missionaries as we had committed to them. So we need to be, we'll be talking about that in the near future. Um, If we have committed to give to our missionaries, we need to make sure that we're committed to giving. We gave so they can go. we got to make sure we give so they can stay. And um, we'll be talking about that more in the future. But the fourth I want to share with you is this. Teach all nations, baptizing them. What Again, what's the, answer, what's the question we're answering? What specific instructions while we wait for his coming is this? Teach all nations, baptizing them. One thing that I'm I'm convicted about personally is our baptismal pool. Because when the waters are in this pool, that's a sign and excitement that people and lives and children and adults, their lives are being regenerated and reborn. And I shared this, Pastor Roger, I think it was uh, about a good year ago, that if we're only baptizing our children and grandchildren that that church is dying on the vine, they just don't know it. Now, is it wrong to only think about our children and grandchildren? No, we need them saved and baptized and growing, absolutely. But if it's only our own, that tells us we're not reaching out. Here's another reason why I'm convicted about the baptismal pool. It hasn't been filled in a long time. It hasn't been filled since last fall. And then... When COVID hit, it hit me early that I don't know when we'll ever get in that thing again. I don't know how this, how does it work? That is, bothers me more than anything is our baptismal pool being empty. And here we read the command, teach all nations, baptizing them, identifying them with Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, turn there with me. Twenty-eight, nineteen. This is a missionary's favorite verse. Matthew 28, 19. As it reads, Go therefore as you live and make disciples, make learners, make followers of Jesus Christ. To who? To all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We need to be making sure that we are not only teaching people who Jesus Christ is, to be a learner. That's what a disciple is. It is a learner. But we have to teach them how to walk with him. What's that look like? Baptizing them. Being identified with him in that perfect picture known as baptism. So there's the fourth thing. Let's look at the fifth. And this relates to the church, Cross Point Baptist Church. Build the church in every generation, amen? Every generation. And the portion of the scripture we'll look at is Matthew 16. Go back just a couple of chapters of Matthew 16. Listen, be careful. We've been in the building for 40 minutes now. Don't get too comfortable. Don't start looking at the watches going, you've he, he had my attention and now I'm getting ready to check out don't, don't do that I know how the clock works Matthew 16 18 again have you noticed all the scriptures we've turned to after the, the first Thessalonian text has all been in red instructions straight from our Savior Matthew 16, 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. My favorite part of that scripture is that who's going to build the church? Jesus Christ. He's going to build it. Jesus told his disciples that he would build that church with such power that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's encouraging. That's exciting for me. And then I was reading in Revelation about the seven churches. And there's one church in there that is known as the powerless church. And that kind of caught my attention and I parked on it for just a moment. Because I don't want us to become the powerless church. In fact, if I'm going to be honest, I would share with you that I thought, have we become the powerless church? Well, the question needs to be answered. What is a powerful church? A powerful church is one that keeps their eyes fixed on Him. That's letting, you're, in, you're working in conjunction with what the Lord is doing in your heart. Fleshing things out, growing, just growing step after step. It's praying. If we say there's power in the gathering, guess what? There's even more power in the praying. Power in the prayer. He said He would build a church with such power are you letting jesus christ work in your life listen there's two things going on that i'm witnessing in my own life that is extremely powerful that i'm anxious to see where it goes and i didn't start them other people have initiated them i'm anxious to see if it filtrates here in our church i'm praying to the lord that it does but I do not want to stand up here and motivate and initiate you into another, guilt you into another program or in a, a how-to. I'm, I, listen, if, if Christ said he'll build his church with that power that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, I pray that it would start to be seen in this church. I can't put it there. Jesus Christ has to build it. Such Jesus pictured the church. Being on the march until he calls her home. A march against who? Against the enemy? Against, what do you talk about on the march? It means living our life well pleasing to him. That's all it means. Number six, he says, well, to occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. Turn with me to Luke 19. Again, letters in red. Luke 19. And this is in the middle of a parable that Jesus is teaching. Um, There's several parables that relate to this topic. But it's in Luke 19.13. I do not have the time to set this one up. Um, but it's a parable of the talents. Okay, it's The parable of the talents. Right on the heels of Zacchaeus being in town. And Jesus said, Occupy till I come. 19.13. So he called his servants. He had, um, he had lent, given these talents out. This is in a story that he's telling. And they are to be responsible with. And he called ten of his servants and delivered to them ten minas and said to them, do business till I come. Not hoard it. Not sit, not put it on your mattress, but do business till I come. You're like, oh, he's talking about us investing in the stock market. He's talking about our money, right? He's saying to be responsible is what he's talking about. Being responsible. You be busy and occupied till I come. In this parable, the servants were to put this money to work until their master returned. We are to be busy about the master's business until he returns. So what is the master's business? I can give you the big chunks. But what is the master's business in your private life? What is it that you're ignoring that may be pressed upon your heart? What is it that you're not doing that you know you should be? I got some. I got some. What is it that we're not doing? We are to occupy till I come. And the seventh is this. The last one is this. Remain faithful until he returns. Now that's a scary one. The last one's the scariest one. Remain faithful till he returns, because we don't know when he's going to rapture us out. We have no earthly idea. It's the next thing on the prophetic calendar. There they were in 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonica, thinking that it already happened and they missed it. They thought they had missed the party. Remain faithful till he returns. Our Lord concluded his, this prophetic message in this discourse that he was giving here in, in Matthew 24 by reminding his disciples to remain faithful in wise service even though he might be gone for a long time. He was giving them instructions, basic instructions before leaving earth. That's another acronym you can use for Bible Basic instructions before leaving earth. Jesus gave us, this is that. And it's in Matthew 24. Turn there with me. Matthew 24. 24, verse 45. He says, remain faithful. Are you being faithful? Then, uh, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over this household to give them food in due season? He's talking about the faithful and the evil servant. Which one are you? Look in verse 14. We're not going to read them all, but uh, 25, chapter 25 of Matthew, 14 through 21. He's giving that parable of the talents again parable of the talents yet again so as we look at that it talks about that storyline working our way all the way down to verse 21 where his his Lord said to him well done good and faithful servant you are faithful over a few things I will make you a ruler over many things enter into the joy of your Lord now listen let's part there for a second because this this is the big it This 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 is the big apex of the whole morning right here This is true. It's it's either you're going to do or don't. You're going to do or die right here. Verse 23, the Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I could ask the rhetorical question, How are you doing? Do do you think you're going to really hear that from the Lord? I think most, even believers would go, I'm probably not going to hear that. Even the most humblest of a believer that, that, that seemingly is doing everything right, doing the best they know how, is going to come away going, no, I am not going to hear the words good and faithful servant. That may be what it feels like, but in this parable, he's giving us a glimpse that the Lord did say, well, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. It is possible to hear those words. You did good. Some of you need to hear that today. My goal, Andrew, we got to move that. My goal is not for you to come in here on Sunday morning excited and leave here miserable. That is not the goal. The goal is not for you to come in here tired and leave all hyped up. That's not the goal either. The goal is for you to come in here desiring, to searching, seeking, to wanting to know the Lord. We open the word, we share the spirit, we worship and you leave here with your life altered each and every Sunday. Oh, that's the goal. Now, we don't always hit our goal. We want to. We're praying for that end. But it is possible to hear, well done, good, and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. See the word faithful? Say the word faithful. You need to be faithful with what he has put at, given to you, what he has put at your doorstep. You be, that is where well-done, well good, and faithful servant comes from. It's not in how successful you are. It's not in your personal accomplishments. It's what have you done with, I, with what I have bestowed to you. Right. Listen, each believer, genuine believer, has been endowed from the Holy Spirit a spiritual gift. Right. Have you forgotten that? You might need to dust that off. I forgot about that. He's given me a spiritual gift. You know, if you will, and a lot of times your spiritual gift, you may not even be aware of it. You're just doing it. That's probably the better way to, perhaps the better way of living life. But when we live within our spiritual gifts and we're seeking Him, you're going to be faithful with that spiritual gift. And He says, you've been faithful You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Some believers hear that and go, I don't want more work. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about more work. By the way, there is joy in ministry. There is a joy in serving the Lord. I'm watching people that are the longer they're in ministry, they're having to step back because, well, I just can't do that any longer. And there's a lot of moving parts to that. I understand. I got it. But at the same time, when the Lord lays it at, and you know what's right to do, and he's laid it at you, be discerning. Be thoughtful. Want what God wants. If God's saying, I want this for you, you pick it up. You're going to be miserable if you don't. Pick it up. And then in, in verse uh 23, I will make you a ruler over many things. Watch this, my favorite part. Enter into the joy of the Lord. There is a joy in serving him. There is, I believe, I believe it's going to be a greater joy at the end of it, at the bema seat of Christ, when you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Good job. Well done. We know we all like to hear? We all like them data boys. We like to hear that. It means we've done, if it's genuine, you don't want to hear it in a false manner, but we want affirmation of what we did is right and good. And to hear it, not just from each other, our peers, our family, but to hear it from God's lips to our ears, that's the one you want to hear because that's the only one that matters. In the meantime... We can live with our eyes on the sky, watching for Christ to come, but with our feet firmly planted on the earth, working for him until he comes. When's he coming? That's his doing. That's his bidding. Don't go out and do rapture practice, jumping up and down. I do not know when that's going to happen. But the balance, hear that word? Balance. If anything um, that has our attention over the last, since the beginning of 2020, has been that word balance. The balance is hard to come by sometimes. The balance of expectation, knowing that Christ could come at any moment, and participation. Expectation. And part- expecting him to come back, but the participation and being a part, being in and faithfully serving him, the work that he has given us to do. That's what the Christian living, Christian life is really all about. That word participation is at the forefront, I know, of Andrew Riding's heart today. It's not for the praise team to entertain. It's to participate. It's challenging. You saw him do it this morning, right? Let's go. Let's, we are all participating. He's the audience. I know that's near and dear to his heart right now. Living in light of his coming keeps us focused on what is really important in life. So I wanted to do this. Um, I still may. I, I, I thought, I, you know, the last bunch of months here, I want to take a service and maybe maybe film some people and show them on the screen. And I want you at least thinking about this when you have your prayer, your thought time. What good has come out of your life? How has your life adjusted for the good over the last, what, eight months or so? Think about that for just a little bit. Now, I'm not, I don't want to ignore the, the, the pandemic and all that stuff. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm hearing a lot of people say, man, my life, there's been, these, this is what good has come out of it. You know, the whole Make lemonade out of a lemon thing, right? There, it's bad. We can't fix a lot of the other problems, but God is always up to something in the believer's life. Can I tell you the first thing I've heard people say? Family. It's made people realize what, what's important. It's made people come together a little bit more. So I'm gonna, I, I might do that, take a Sunday and just hear of the, uh, just a, the, the positive things of how your life has been altered in the midst of, of hardship of confusion. But you know, this also keeps our attention on the balance between present responsibilities and future expectations. Are you hopeful today? We have heaven as our home, speaking to the believer. We have the Holy Spirit in our life, speaking to the believer. We have Christ as our Savior, speaking to the believer We have a church body that he has placed us in, speaking to the believer. That is hopeful. That is our joy. That is our life. But we have to live the rest of today, tomorrow, in this world. That's reality. And guess what? The one who's given us all this hope and joy and future is also living with us in the present today, I don't know why things happen the way they do. I don't. I don't want to try to explain that. I can't. But I do know who's holding it all for us. Do you come to Him by faith? When you do, come to Him recognizing who you are, who He is and who you ain't is probably the better way to describe it. When you realize that element and you come to Him by faith, all these All these, so many things happen in your life that you're not even aware of. And that's my hope and prayer for you today. We love you. And we want to help you move along in your walk with Jesus Christ. We, our heart is hurting a little bit here. For you. We, we get jumbled up and we get opinionated and we get we just want to get back to here. This, this is amazing. I'm going to use a bad metaphor here. It's amazing medicine is the word of God. It's amazing medicine when it gets injected into our lives. What it does. Because it can cleanse the heart from the inside out. Let's bow for prayer. Can we do that? Lord, we love you today. We need you today. We do not want to just tamper anybody's joy that they may have today. But we may be sitting right next to somebody that has zero joy in their life. Lord, may we be discerning, be prayerful. Be thoughtful. Be concerned with the person next to us as much as we are about the person within us. Give us the heart. You move and we will respond as a people. You move and we will respond. Bless today, today's reading of your word as we think about the future events. And to make the most of eternity, may we keep today in mind. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for being our Savior. Work in people's hearts in the only way that you can. I lift this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight we um, are having Awana at 4 o'clock to 5.15 is our stated time for Awana. Um, workers need to be here at 3.30. This will be our, we got one under our belt, so we know how it works now, right? And uh, there's some adjustments we'll make throughout the building. But we also want you to know that after this morning, uh, my wife actually is the one who does it. She does a a clean um, of of certain parts of the building. And then um, we get it set up for Awana tonight. And then again, we do the same thing on Thursdays after Grief Share as well. So if it's been good to be at church, let it be known by an amen. amen. We prayed. I'm going to ask you to be dismissed if you would start at the back and work your way uh, out the back doors. The doors are open. Actually, I can already feel the breeze. It's a beautiful day. Um, You are dismissed.